Look, I didn't mean it. Come on. I'll clean your stuff, too. Just let me in. Come on. Shut up. Like I said, it's just going to be an entire episode of them playing with a soundboard, really. Ready? Welcome to Bay Floor Discussions with Ed Pennell, John Morrison, Eric Field, Brian Cole, special guest Gretchen Plummer, and Tweedledee and Tweedledum. <laughs> Say hello, peanut gallery. Hello, folks. Hello. Thanks, nice. guys. Everybody remembers Gretchen from, was it the last time? Do you guys want to use first names or do I need to retake that? No, that's fine. Dinosaurs roam the earth. What? (laughs) (laughs) I have badges that have been in service longer than Dalton's been alive. That's true. As he informed me (laughs) after I hired him. (laughs) And then I said, keep talking because you got six months of probation. (laughs) I guess we never talked about that. We have our our new system in Casco. We're getting there. Yeah. What do you mean we're getting there? We're getting there. Transitioning. Okay. John, you've, uh, you're a part of that whole thing. How do you feel about it? It's going How's okay. your new job, man? It's going okay. Same as the old job. You know, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. <laughs> it's, uh, it's interesting. Of course, we did it in a time of COVID and national emergency. So it's not like we can, we have all these grand ideas and these great plans, which we can do nothing because we're still in that state of emergency. So I think after a year Locked or two, down. once we get it to where we want it, I think it'll be, it'll be pr- fairly good. So what roadblocks are you still running into? So like we, well, one, I think, we're trying to do a lot, but we're not allowed to. So like we want to do weekly trainings. We want to do inspections. We want to do all this stuff that requires training, education, and all that stuff. But we're at that point where we're just kind of in that survival mode as a department that we can't really progress forward type of thing. Kind of spinning our wheels. Yeah, not spinning sure. our wheels. So it's like I uh, – oh, let's see if I can find it. Where uh, – that question I posed on the, the Facebook thingies, not the Facebook, the uh, text group. Um, the, so, the, the question about, you know, do we try to keep progressing or do we try to maintain the line at this point? Because it's like we're, you know, losing that battle. And uh, Oh, the one where you said you don't have uh, support from the leadership? Yeah. <laughs> yes, that one. So for those of you that don't know, we have a small chat group where we try and discuss topics and then by the time we show up, we... We don't have any topics to talk about. Still. But, uh, <laughs> so that's... If you the, ever the hear pro- us say something that doesn't make any sense right. and then we all giggle, it's because... The full-time program is going good. It's just we, we want to get a lot out of it. It's just we're kind of... We're so more I, maintaining I still, and holding the line versus progressing because at this point, we, we really can't. Yeah. But what's key, so. what, why can't you? What's stopping? Is it the people... If you, do you think... <laughs> no. No. So what, you're making it sound like regulations. What regulations? It's not, well, it is regulation. I mean, we, we don't, um, well, one, we're losing people October 1st, which we're not going to go there. Um, It'll probably come up in conversation through right. this. Uh, I mean, we, we should address it. It's so we're losing people, and we're, we're basically, we need to spend, in my opinion, I feel like we need to spend a lot of our time on maintaining what we currently have. Because if we don't, due to certain regulations and stuff like that, everything's going to drop off. If we try to progress forward, I think we'll be kind of dividing our attention away from just trying to hold, kind of like on the side of a lifeboat. You're just trying to hold on. Whereas, well, should I hold on or should I try to swim to the other? to a bigger boat or type of thing. Um, I don't know how to explain it. So, yeah, I mean, I guess I I still don't really follow. Uh, So you think it's just uh, a personnel issue because of... Well, I mean, it's in a sense, it's a personnel issue. It's nothing that was derived from us, right? So we're going to lose people, and we don't have people coming in to fill them. We don't have positions filled. 
of those people that we're losing. So now we have to get creative with how we're going to staff and how we're going to respond. And, you know, it's, it's, that's, that's kind of the survival mode that we're in right now. So you're worried about training. I'm worried about retaining. We, yeah, we don't have enough people to train really. I guess I'm not seeing the, the correlation of like how training would potentially endanger the, the folks that you do have, like how would, how would further training? No, I'm talking about progressing, like not right, really but training, how... but well, I did say training, education, experience. But we want to get to a certain level where we can perform certain duties. The problem is, is right now we're trying to maintain our status quo. That I think if we overstretch ourselves and try to ex- extend the energy to this side, we're going to lose uh, focus on this side. Okay, so Does that makes it, sense. It's a focus in. Uh... It's yeah. it's, uh, it's, task a, it's a retention and um, ma- maintenance kind of yeah. mode. I think right now departments are currently just trying to maintain what they currently have and are struggling. I mean, you must see it up in your neck of the woods. No? Yes and no. We've had bigger issues before any of this stuff kind of hit the fan. <laughs> Every and, uh, department did. Right. And we uh, we actually came to the realization that, yes, it's... Uh, that was Gretchen throwing stuff around that noise, FYI. Gretchen Plummer. No, I can't. It, phone actually, number. <laughs> it's, actually, a, uh, it's a topic of conversation. Everybody's all worked up about it. Everybody has their opinion. Everybody feels very strongly about it. Uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly is that we have very few members that are going to be affected by it. Like a- actually going to have to draw in, a line. In your agency? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we can kind of complain and talk about it all we want, but at the end of the day... It is what it is. Right. It, it, it affects the morale way more than it actually affects manpower. Right. It's a psychological thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And people are already burnt out and low morale. That when it when that thing came out, people are just like seriously. They feel bullied. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that, that's. It. And then sitting seven hours through the main EMS thing just for it to end how I predicted. I'm just like, well, why do I even bother? Right. I'm gonna go deliver propane with Eric. <laughs> well, that and in my neck of the woods, uh, everything is, or I shouldn't say everything. A lot of departments are strictly fire. They don't have anything to do with EMS which turns into another gray area. Are, are we actually affected? Some towns, their, their only, legal team is saying yes. Some towns, their legal fee teams are saying no. Only if you're governed by, like if, if you have like a first responder or EMS agency that's on your department and you're combined, everybody in there is affected. Right. If you are not regulated that's, by main EMS. That's my understanding as well. But I mean, are you gonna argue with your own town's legal team that says? Am I? Do you want me to argue? No, I'm <laughs> saying in general. Yeah. We, we have towns that are strictly fire. They hold no EMS license. And they're they fine. As long as, the way I read it, um, is that if you're not an EMS organization, i.e. you have a license from the state of Maine saying that you can practice, a, you have an emergency medical practice organization, then you're, you're not required to right. play by those rules. That's... That, comes down, that well. comes down to the towns, you, you know, the town manager and right. the, the town leaders on what, what they want you to do. Right. And that, that's the unfortunate part is at the end of the day, you're a municipal service. So the municipality is what tells you how they interpret it. Right. Right, wrong or indifferent. That's, that's what you got. I mean, there was, with. there were a couple lawyers on that, on that, uh, meeting in mon- on Monday and they had a lot of valid questions because there some of the some of the statements were so broad that it really was open to interpretation. Right. So it's Gretchen. rough. It is what it is, but what are we going to do about it? Right. Just Gretchen, you've been pretty quiet about this. What's tell? A bore. A bore. I can see both sides of the issue. I I empathize with those that do not want to get the vaccination. I think they have valid reasons that work for them. I personally am vaccinated. I did it for my own reasons. It, it, I mean, How like do you feel said, it affects your, uh, your workforce, though? 
we're gonna have to cover some shifts. So whether that means overtime or whether it means trying to hire out somebody else in order to, but it's not just, it's not just our shifts in Casco, it's neighboring towns that we will have to potentially provide mutual aid for as well. Right, plus we share employees and a lot of those employees. Yeah. So us losing members isn't gonna affect just us, it's gonna affect the other towns they work for. Mm-hmm. What, what was that? What? Was that you? I heard a squeak. Did anybody hear a squeak? John, are you having a stroke? Uh, Probably. (laughs) Does anybody smell burnt toast? (laughs) Anyway, it is what it is. October 1st, we'll see what happens. But um, How about some some comments from our peanut gallery? You work in in different areas. How do you think that's going to affect... You might have to speak up where you're 10 feet away from that. (laughs) So I manage the EMS license for a neighboring agency in Oxford County. And we do have several EMS providers on our roster. Um, all of us, I believe, are fortunately vaccinated, so I shouldn't have to deal with a whole lot of repercussion there. Um, but the firefighters are the gray area. So that's where I have a little bit of conflict. But yeah. So overall, I guess that's been kind of my, uh, my stick lately, is that everybody is so worked up when the overall effect i i haven't heard from any one department that has said oh my god we're going to lose most of our workforce i have yeah there is a, i i haven't heard two. most but i've heard some scary numbers from some larger there's one departments. department that's expecting 15 to 20. that's that's shutting down companies oh absolutely you know, that's that's a, that that's a significant amount i i know when it the the idea was first mentioned. Um, I had heard a lot of people say, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna lose a lot of people," and then suddenly, once you actually start looking through who has already been vaccinated, they found out, "Oh, this isn't as as big a deal as I thought it was gonna be." I think in our immediate area, we're looking, and by immediate, I think you know, ten ten minutes, fifteen minutes around us, that we're gonna be. A dozen or more combined yeah. which that's, doesn't sound like a lot no, that's, that's a lot but like Gretchen said you now now so you're down you're down an ambulance so you're staffing one ambulance well so aren't three more towns right the call volume isn't decreasing so how's that you know it, it's just a domino of, effect on top it's of just staffing issues start. we've already had equipment right. issues we, we I've been talking with a few neighboring departments that Everybody seems to be having some sort of equipment issues right now. Right now, the hot topic is death, yep. and it's not just here. Um, that that is that is a very unfortunate thing, and with the supply chain that we have right now, it's. I mean, we've had we've had an ambulance out of service for seventy days, right? Because we're we, we can't get parts, right? And it's, you can't really you can't work around it. There's no um, workaround on that one. No, right. it's directly tied to, to the engine and the computer, and here we are. Right. And, I mean, you, you can work around it, but it literally becomes a federal <laughs> federal crime. To well, yeah. yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Right. Um, but, I mean, on top of all that stuff, just like John and I had mentioned earlier, it's already, it's a morale. It's a kick in the, you know, kick it's, in the face. It's, that's we compounding. all, we it's all compounding. went a year with everything, and then everything started, and to, yeah. started to lift up. Everybody was starting to kind of get their groove back. We talked about it on here, how we were starting to get our trainings back. People were starting to meet in person again, and now it's like... And a, then they just like give us the boot and then hold our heads back on the wall. <laughs> yep. That's the biggest thing, because like, I'm vaccinated. I'm pretty sure everyone here is vaccinated. Um, and I almost I, don't I, want to be out of spite. Right. Exactly. <laughs> as, as like me, I just want to tell people, just get the f- vaccine. Just do it. What, what's it the biggest issue? But then as a deputy chief, <laughs> as a deputy chief, like I support, like the biggest thing is, is people. Like right. if we don't have enough people, but department, you might as well just close it. I mean, you see departments struggling trying to get people and it's really a joke so if we don't have our people then we're really nothing so i want to support our people so i go you know get the vaccine don't get the vaccine i i don't really care it's your choice and that's what i honestly believe and then 
your governor, uh, the lady that you voted for, goes, Brian. well, no, uh, I didn't vote for it. <laughs> just goes, well, now you have to get it. So now we're stuck. The management leadership is stuck in that position where like, yes, I support you, but I'm sorry. Uh, comrade says that we have to uh, fire you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think that's probably the biggest issue that a lot of people that have chosen not to get the vaccine have is that there is no, there's no way around it. They can't agree to wear N95 masks while on shift and in the stations and so forth and you know, all the PPE required. There's no alternative. It's either get the vaccination or you're done. And I'm not sure that the general public is aware of the ramifications as well. They could be having wait longer wait times. Well, look at our last shift we worked together. Yeah. You were covering another town. Yeah. And another town had to come in and cover our town. Yeah. If there was a call, then it, it was literally just pushing ambulances from other towns just to cover the calls we had because we were too busy and we didn't have enough personnel or and or apparatus. So. Exactly. But so, I mean, people may be, calls may be, prioritized correct yeah i mean they're, they're gonna have to be it, it well, uh, i mean it and i think if i'm not mistaken um it was one of the uh state you know one sites like state police ones uh they were they did kind of a psa about you know expect that there's going to be a delay in someone answering your phone. I mean, that's that's something we didn't even talk about. They touched on it a little bit in the meeting on Monday, but uh, dispatch centers are already hurting, and this is... If you work in the E911 center, a PSAP, then you have to have an EMD license, which is um, regulated by Maine EMS. It's an EMS provider license. You're just... It's a, it's a emergency medical dispatch license, so they the way the the way the order came out from DHHS and CDC was that they were included in that. So, and and there's no workaround. That's that's going to be catastrophic because that's where everything starts. Right. So it, it might it might get bounced to another center. It might get, you know, you could be you could be listening to the phone ring a lot longer was it is it was it chicago i read something where they were literally performing emd to its full potential and telling people we're not going to get you an ambulance i read it on the facebook so it must be true but it was an article <laughs> no one did anyone on tiktok i don't do TikTok. <laughs> um i can't remember now yeah it was an article on that basically there was so there were overwhelmed by calls that basically anything like Omega or Alpha, they're saying, drive yourself. Good luck. There's, um, I mean, <laughs> Los I Angeles has been doing this, I think, don't quote me, but I think since the 70s. And they have, they have nurses on staff who triage from 911. Um, they, so it gets answered. It goes to, a, to an emergency medical dispatcher. If it doesn't qualify for an ambulance, it's either... You get treat, you get sent to a, a nurse line who triages you, or they will they have contracts with taxi companies and they give you a voucher and they come pick you up and get you a ride. Yeah, I saw a video not too long ago about that how like Uber and taxi services were were becoming more prevalent at ER departments. Yeah, it's it's insane. You know, on top of your wait time and issues like that. The, right. the cost, the sheer cost of having an emergency ambulance ride is insane. Yep. And people are going to sit in the uh, emergency room too because nursing sh shortages were going to continue. Right. And the bed shortages, the bed yeah. shortages is just as bad. Yeah, I think, uh, and I was talking with a, a handful of people about this this week, that overall, just the sheer lack of information that has gone out to people um, is is a problem. Well, because I think you, you talk to the average person and they, they'll kind of tell you, wow, that's unfortunate. But I don't think they understand that scope. If you lost even two people from every department and then, you know, your, your dispatch centers, that 
and even that I think is is a uh, a small uh, small number. You know, that's, that's shooting, it, it shooting small. pretty low. Sounds too. small, yeah. Well, no, I, I'm saying I, I think in reality that number could be a lot bigger than two people per department. That's going to have a, a catastrophic effect. That will be a noticeable effect to the public, and I don't think they'll know that until that happens. Maybe when you uh, when you publish this, you can put tags on it for like a almost like a public service announcement, so people might might take a listen for a few minutes to right. to Expect get up delays. Get yeah, and you know me. we 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 try to be funny and you know, right. try and be upbeat here, but we we've, we've hit some pretty crappy topics, and this one's not an exception to that. Well, I think. Like I said, I'm, I support vaccinations. I believe people should get vaccinated. But I think it's, it was just like the problem with as being a leader in this department, it was so quick and so sudden that literally it was like we got punched in the face and now we're trying to get up and scramble and wonder what's going on. Yeah, but so and that we, was kind of a... Um... And it's, it was just a shock to everybody's system. And now, well, you know human beings... You, you get commanded to do something, we're going to be automatically defined. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but didn't that come from the meeting where they pushed the, the deadline back a couple of weeks? Or? Yes, but so, then yeah. the <laughs> doctor got on the news channel the day later and said that Maine CDC basically trumps Maine EMS. Mm -hmm. So Maine CDC did not push any deadlines back? Nope. No. Because so, when I saw so that they were pushing I'll that summarize, deadline back. I'll summarize I, the meeting uh, that was six and a half hours and about 20 seconds. Um, a lot of people got on and said that they are vaccinated. They support people who don't want to be vaccinated. Um, Maine EMS went out into executive uh, session to discuss a various number of topics. They came back and said that they were going to, or they were looking to adjust the dates so that there was time enough for people to to fall within that window. And then the fallout came that Maine EMS doesn't have the ability to override a DHHS or a CDC ruling, which is what this is. Right. I was just surprised when I read about the meetings. I don't know. I get, I get kind of frustrated with meetings like that where I know no matter how many people show up, you're going to have that outcome. So yeah, I, yeah I, I didn't know that. <laughs> that's but, literally uh, why we, that's like, I'm like, nothing's going to change. That's like when my water district, hey, your, uh, your, your bill went up $40 each, each quarter, but hey, we're going to have a meeting about it. Are cool. you going to reduce that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. What are you, no. you, you going to do? The out, you know what the outcome is exactly. going to be. It's, but, so when I read the, the kind of summary of what happened, and then they added, I don't know, what was like two or three weeks to the deadline or yeah, something Yeah, so like essentially that. Well, what happened was... This ruling came out, I think it was on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, um, maybe even a Friday, I don't remember. But anyway, um, they had, after they heard of all the concerns, they were going to have a, a, a Zoom go-to-meeting online thing. They set it up supposedly so that there was 500 people who could join um, this meeting. They got to 200 the system shut down. There were still hundreds of people trying to get in. And because of laws, they have to make it public. So they had to postpone it until the following Monday. Well, what that did was that pushed the days. Like if they had made a decision on that Friday, um, then people who weren't vaccinated that decided they wanted to be would have time enough to get a vaccine. You know, if it was a J&J, &J, a Pfizer, a Moderna, whatever. Um, but when it got pushed that Monday, that actually didn't give people enough time to go and get the sequence if they needed oh, it or right. whatever. Yeah. So that's so when I, that, but when I read that, I was just kind of surprised because I really didn't think that deadline was what people were getting caught up on. You know, like John was saying, it was so quick, it was kind of a punch well, in the face. But right. I some feel people like a lot were, of people were just Some people said that, that we didn't told. have enough time. There was no discussion. So there that was no pre-planning. It was just like surprise. Right. That, I no. guess that would be a much better argument because I could see someone saying, you know, okay, you finally strong-armed me into it, but it, 
there's a set amount of time this needs to be done in. Like uh, right. it needs to be workable. There needs to be some sort of not necessarily a work around, but some sort of system in place that says, "Hey, I, you know, I got my first dose. Second dose can't be done until this date. Can I get an extension?" And uh, that will be uh, what what we need to make it happen. So it is what it is. What are we gonna do? There's nothing we can do. I mean, so that being said, I've been quiet the whole morning because I, I cannot stand <laughs> shit anymore. Right? <laughs> We're kicking a dead horse. You guys pushed me into it, so We're, now I'm gonna. <laughs> okay, we're back. Uh, Eric's little outburst apparently caused a power. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> <laughs> right. Caused a power outage. So luckily, his 30-minute rant wasn't recorded. So I agree with him, though. Um, yeah, he's. It is. Right. Me, I didn't even get it out yet. <laughs> what I was trying Wait, to say what? before God shined His light down on me, or actually shut the lights yeah, off right. on me. Was that we've been kicking a dead horse. Everybody knows what's going on. It's all through the media. We've been well, negative about it all morning. We, we're trying to get some stuff out to the general public, but I want to go positive. Like, what can the general public do for us, or what can we do to make these issues better? The biggest thing is... Is there is, anything? Oh, well, the biggest thing is, I guess it's mostly on us, is we need to do, like you said, PSAs, and get them to understand that we're doing the best we can with what we have. And please be patient. Also, we're accepting applications for volunteers. Always. Always. So join. Help us. We, so, we, help, we're talk, we talk about training all the time. If we get a group of new people in, we'd love to train you. Well, Chief, Chief Wentworth was going to join us today, but he got tied up with work and couldn't make it. But one of the, the topics we were talking about last night is, is going to these types of calls. What can the general public expect when we come rolling in? What can they do to make it? easier for us like on a medical call if they know that they should have a medical a med list and okay. you know keep your dogs in the back room or step one actually recently um house numbers house they numbers. have they're always an issue but they seem to be worse because everybody's been quarantined and stuff like that that a lot of maintenance has gone to the wayside is get your house numbers um tom mokran has a program here well he will create them for you for what is it? I think it's $10. $10. And it's a reflective sign. We can see it. Because probably the last, actually, the last time I worked, um, Wednesday, I think it was, every house I went to did not have a house number. Thursday. Thursday. Wherever I was. <laughs> so that's What said, day is it? Uh, <laughs> keep, uh, keep brush clear of any of your house numbers if they're up high, mounted on trees or whatnot. Uh, even if it's on a mailbox, make sure the brush isn't around the mailbox. Right, so and we're getting old. Make sure it's big. <laughs> big numbers. Invisible. Right. Yeah. I see a lot of places that like to get, you know, a black number to put on their say, brown house, and it blends right in. So they got the, it's numbered, but you can't see it. Yeah, it's like putting the numbers on the tree that are yeah. black numbers, and it's a tree. It blends right in. It's, Turn a light on if it's at night, if, you, if you're able to. A lot of those things are given out as post-dispatch instructions on 911 too. Mm -hmm. you know, get, gather a list of medications, turn on an outside light, have someone flag down the paramedics or oh, yeah. responders. Or like the flag down and then move out of the way. Yep. <laughs> but we kind of, we're, we're used to going to the emergency and we can like shut ourselves down and calm down and we've been trained to do it that way. But these people, and like Chris was saying, th this is just happening. Like, out of the split second, they're not thinking or going to listen to that dispatcher. Like, what can we... They get so frustrated because, I mean, even the few times that I've had to call 911, it's like, Whoa. you know, they have a, a script they have to follow. And you're just going, dude, this person's bleeding out on the floor. <laughs> you know? But I think or that's what I'm getting at. I don't think the general public no, understands agree, yeah. the EMDing and the stuff that we do on our side. And they're not like... They don't think of that stuff before an incident happens. All of a sudden, that incident happens, and they're freaking out. Right. Like, right. their family members on the floor dying, and, and it, you're asking them all these questions, and they didn't expect that. And they get frustrated with the questions. I mean, those oh, questions absolutely. help categorize and, um, I don't know. They get right. talk about EMD. Okay, I'll start at the very beginning. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, it's a, it's a set of written protocols that is a national and becoming even international standard for 911 center. 
Um, it is a flip card set or a computer program that will ask you questions sequentially. You know, they'll start out with a, with a standard, standard uh, I think it's five questions, you know. Uh, what's the phone number you're calling from? What's the address? Um, that kind of stuff. Tell me what happened. So then they'll give you, the caller will give you a quick statement. From there, they will go to a card set and start to ask you questions about that incident. You know, let's say it's a seizure. They have certain questions and seizures that, that they go through. As you answer those, it starts to steer the program so that it will give a response determinant for fire and EMS. Um, I think one of the so, things those people worried when the questions are being asked, like, have you even started that ambulance? Well, that's like, stop asking me questions. Right. Like, Is, I think the public needs to know at what point through those questions are they actually sending us to the call? Here, and, and again, we get a pre-alert. As soon as they get the call and the address, we get toned. So they're still, at, I'm understanding this right, they still are, we're being dispatched as they're still asking questions. So we're en route. They're starting us as long as we have an address and kind of the nature of the call type of thing, yeah. correct? Yeah, that's I, part of the pre-alert. I took program. the EMD class. It was pretty extensive. It was a good class. It's funny at the end that, that the instructor's asking, where, do you, where are you going to work as a dispatcher? And I was like, nowhere. <laughs> I was like, this is an awful, thankless job. Was, yes. Oh. It is. So that's part of, like you said, the first five questions. It's, it's generally, you know, it's uh, what, what's your address, your number, and then what's your emergency, right? Yeah. So once they have the what's your emergency, that's one. And, and so it's depending on what they answer, if someone is, um, if someone was choking on food and they couldn't breathe, um, that automatically sends the dispatch to the dispatcher and they send it out. Um, that's the highest priori priority that you can get. Or a cardiac arrest, not conscious, not breathing, automatically gets sent. After that, then they come back and they ask further questioning. Uh, they'll give you instructions for compressions or Heimlich or, you know, life-saving instructions for those highest priority. So it's... it's Which is... It's kind of crazy when you think about it. That's like having, you know, you just said that's that's a a, a medical license, more or less. And uh, that would be like an EMT getting on into like joysticking someone. Like, all right, so here's what yeah. you're going to do next. Well, for... and, and you'll, you know, when you if you spend any time in a dispatch center, I guarantee you'll hear it at least one day is, you're my eyes. Tell me what you see. Because now we can, if you can describe it, then we can start to help you with it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, you, you, make a, you make a personal connection even though you don't personally know the person. Does that make sense? There's a lot of persons, a lot of persons in there. But, <laughs> so, um, so the biggest thing we want the general public to know is just trust the process. Right. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And know that help is on the way. So, I mean, this is kind of a, a hard platform to push public service announcement because if you're listening to us then you probably have some sort of interest and nobody has to push you into it anyways but uh, I think that's that would solve so many of our problems that we've talked about here on an, every single episode is is having the public understand what their fire and rescue departments do how they operate um, what happens in an emergency when you need somebody there there's there's so much process before that before your emergency and nobody really thinks about it until it's their problem as uh, simple as what to do when you have an emergency like you brought up before that your local laws and legislature that are getting put through how how is your emergency system being affected every year when you go and vote on your taxes you know what's what's being affected there Talk to your local fire department. Talk to your chiefs. Figure out what you can do to help them. Because the information you're generally getting is going to be very broad from both sides. They are both, both us and the people trying to, to take away a budget are trying to sales pitch you in, in one way or another. So if you ask your own questions, you'll get your own answers and you'll learn more from it. And do your own you, research. Right, exactly. And then you'll be able to make your own informed decisions and, and understand 
what you're going to get in return. So knowing the EMD process when you call in, the more frustrated you get and the more you resist those questions, the less, less prepared the medical crew that shows up is going to be, and you're going to get less out of it. If you understand being slow, cool, calm, collected, answering the questions is going to get you better medical service, you're probably more apt to have some patience with the people on the other end. Uh, when you're hearing all this stuff in the news about what's going on with your local EMS departments and uh, medical centers, it's real easy to jump the gun and go, well, you know, they should just kind of fall in line and, and do what they're being told. Or if you're on the other end of it, you no, know, they need to resist and fight back. Well, figure out how it's going to affect you and what, what changes are actually going to occur and how they're going to occur before you, you decide to fight for one side or the other. Right. And it even relates back to uh, recruitment and retention. You know, un understand what your local department has to offer you, what you have to offer them. The only way you're ever going to know is to check it out. So how how are we going to do that, Ed? How are we going to get? That's that's the thing. We're, we're we're negative. We talk about all these problems. It's a little frustrating for me. Every podcast kind of goes the same direction, and the fact that we have a Facebook page that nobody comments to, nobody gives us topics to talk about, nobody's feeding back. Like, is anybody even listening to us? Or are we wasting our time here? That's what I want to know. Eighty to ninety people. <laughs> Eighty to ninety people, but nobody's saying anything. Like somebody's got to have an opinion. I I would love to see. Uh... Feel like there was a lot more of it when i was a kid you know your your public safety days you well know. i mean public education well, at, took a uh, back seat for the last right. year and a half because look at how we many people in. showed up this year at casco days and wanted to check out our trucks yeah i mean in the whatever five six seven years i've been involved in casco days that hasn't happened right. so i understand like why we weren't prepared for that but how cool would it have been to have some flyers and like Oh, know, we're going to next right. year. When I was a kid, that's... <laughs> well, that's what I'm asking. You're saying won. next year, like, what else are you going to do? Like, you guys obviously saw a change in your town's, you know, community fair. Like, what what are your plans for the future? Are you going to do some recruitment retention flyers? And well, yeah, we'll we'll do some, uh, you know, we'll do a fire prevention push. Right. Um, yeah. Are you guys going to try to bring back your safety days that you used to do? I don't see why not, but we'll see. We'll see what the state says. I'd like to. I mean, that's. I'm not, that's I'm a, not putting you on that. <laughs> no, I didn't take it that way. I'm um, not making you make a decision right now. I'm just saying, what's the plan? I mean, we, somebody's got to have some ideas of how we can make this better. And I understand that this whole pandemic put us behind, but right. we've I, got to push forward. Well, I think that's kind before, of what John was talking before about this earlier. pandemic started. We had talked about using social media as a positive platform. We were going to do videos, show people around show people our trucks, introduce them to our uh, employees. And then while we were planning it, or while I was planning it and bouncing it off to chief and going back and forth, the world just came to a stop. This happened. And then like, <laughs> I, basically we've, like I said earlier, we've been maintaining and we- We went into survival mode. Right, we went into survival mode. And that's kind of like what my question is, is how do we progress and maintain? Can we do both? I like your question is is how and this is a good group of people to ask that like Gretchen you haven't talked how do we do it unfortunately I think we have to wait until we've got herd immunity throughout everywhere before we can get back to a sense of normalcy in that we can have right but I think public we can safety days like and, and Eric just sparked a bunch of ideas in my yeah, head just I real think quick we can, to interrupt you John but this podcast is one of them I thought right. doing this and and thankfully Chief Cole is as helped us push this forward from Ed's college <laughs> class that he did and, and do what we're doing. And we're on 13th, today's 13th episode, right? I have 14. no idea. 13 or 14. 14. I thought this would pick it up. I thought that we were going to have some back and forth and we could do this through the, the, the pandemic. Potato. Like we've been doing the training. We talked about it. We were Zooming. We were doing all kinds of stuff. I don't think, I think we're hiding behind the fact that, oh, there's a pandemic. We can't do anything. Well, we're I not think hiding. we're just not trying to find the right path to I think move we, forward. I think we are, though, because we're looking at companies to do more online training. Yeah. Um, we're so, doing... Uh, no, no, I'm not talking about training. I'm talking about the general public, like reaching right. out to the general public, doing what we're doing. So I think that's part of what 
I was trying to get at too. You know, John had just mentioned that we were going to post online some videos of stations and things like that. The problem becomes the only people that watch that are people that are already interested in the fire department. What I thought was cool about public safety days, I mean, I wasn't in this area growing up, but I remember being in Wyndham. They had, I think it was Summerfest or, or whatever. You'd drive by the station, there would be trucks up. You know, the, they had the ladder trucks, the tower trucks. You'd see a flag hanging from it. And as a kid, you're like, that's the coolest thing. You know, I want to go check out the fire truck and do all that stuff. I don't think there are very many opportunities here short of 6 o'clock in the morning when we show up and do our truck checks and the trucks are rolled outside where somebody is going to drive by and go, man, I wonder what wonder what they do, you know, as a, as a kid. I 100% agree with you. I, I, I totally get that. What I'm saying is that that's something that we can't do right now because oh. of the short staffing and the pandemic. My question to the floor, to all of you guys, what can we do that it's different, that we can reach out without actually being face-to-face and having those open houses because we can't do that right now? To give that hook, to get that Exactly, interest. exactly. What can we... We need to, I'm asking anybody that's listening, what can we do to reach out there and grab these people and get them educated, get them interested, get them in the doors to at least start the conversation? So that, uh, that was actually a topic at that Chiefs conference I went to this week. Uh, and it's, it's been kind of uh, interacting with the people on your scenes. You go to a car accident. Instead of just treating them as a patient and getting done with the scene and going away, kind of explain your processes. You know, explain to the person who just went off the road why you have to close down a certain part of the road, who's going to be here, who's going to take care of this, who's going to take care of that. Uh, I know a lot of our calls here, a lot of our EMS calls, uh, who was with me when we went to... Naples a week ago, whatever. Uh, it's the comment we get every single time. Wow, you guys got here quick. Mm-hmm. Stop for a second and explain. Well, hey, it's because you guys set us up so that we can be here these during these times. We're ready to go. See, in another town that I, I worked for, you can't really have the time to have the conversation sometimes when you're in an emergency situation. So what we had is we had some business cards. And we always gave them to a family member or something and said, when your situation's over, we'd love to hear about the outcome. Because when we drop the patient off at the hospital, we we can't ask questions. Like, we can't really follow up on that person and find out what happened to them. Did did they make it? Did we do our job? Like, or did did they, you know, pass away? Whatever the situation is. So we used to give them a business card and just say, you know, you don't have to, but we'd love to hear back from you. We want, we want your feedback. We want to know what happened to the patient. What, you know, if you have any questions, give us a call. Like, we, we'd love to explain to you about that. In the middle of that emergency situation isn't the time to have that conversation. Actually, Unless I, you are chatting with the patient right. on the way in the hospital or something like that. But I actually, I worked for a department that they used to randomly select um, EMS calls and give them a call and then ask them, do a quick little survey on how well they So did. that was a recommendation they had, was uh, like a survey card, which again is a little, depends on the emergency. You, know? mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't just go, hey, could you uh, rate us? <laughs> but it, it gave them the opportunity, you know, the address, uh, if, you ha- if your department has a website, you can put a website on there, a Facebook page or whatever, say, you know, we're the people that took care of you today, uh, let us know how we did. Check us out. You know, we're not we're not asking for you to drop off goodies or like uh, don't thank us for our service. But, but check nobody out what turns we do. those down. What's that? <laughs> nobody turns those down. What's that? The goodies. cookies. Oh yeah. So um, <laughs> coffee for us. We're in the middle of um, the new manager wants to revamp the town's website. Um, it is extremely difficult to navigate. Most town and, websites really are. Um, so the the company that we're going to go with, I believe, um, that's one of my goals is to have an online survey card right there, something easy. You can go to the town website, you know, fire EMS service survey. Great. Idea. You know, if we responded, and and we'll ask, you know, we'll have five or ten questions and and spots for um, notes, and if you want to leave your name and, and contact. We'll get in touch with you, but that's that's 
one of those customer service things that that's how we can increase the dialogue. Yeah. You know, um, part of that um, development is going to be more oriented towards mobile phones and, and portable devices like tablets and stuff because that is such a commonplace. Um, so, you know, if you're sitting at the hospital with with your loved one and, and um, you know, everything, it's, you're all good, you're getting discharged or whatever, and, and you're surfing around, pop over to the website and do a quick survey. Right. Let us know how we're doing. If, if, if we're missing the mark, then we can fix that. But if we don't know about it, there's nothing. Yeah, and there has to be, like, I don't know. People have to be willing to do comments because if it's a, a one to five stars thing, yeah, that you know it doesn't. We get no information out of that. Exactly. That's like, like if, if, I would, said, if, if I would set up a survey or something class. like that, I wouldn't give that an option. I wouldn't let you pick a number. I would, I would ask that you do that. Just like, like what it, we do instructor feedback. Yeah, right? it's all on how you set up that survey or that yeah. questionnaire or whatever. Yeah. That and I heard John's going to start a TikTok page. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so what are you guys over in the corner? You guys have been playing on your phones the whole time. What do you think about this whole subject? Okay. As they continue to look at their phones. <laughs> yes. The That's answer's the not on there. We checked. <laughs> <laughs> They're looking for the survey. <laughs> okay, good talk, guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> guess, guess we got nothing there. Uh, Even oh. for when Ryan's working, we just get one of those bumper stickers that says, how's my driving? Call. No. And we put the chief's number there. The student driver thing works way better. Except when it's on the chief's car and he shows up in an incident. <laughs> and the victim's going, what's the deal with that? Ryan. I had nothing to do with that. Uh-huh. Then I have to give an explanation in the middle of a gas leak <laughs> if I have a student driver Magnet on my car. Because we like to have fun in our department. Firehouse <laughs> prank. So, so you guys really don't have any, any ideas of how we can open up dialogue with the general public and get some information back and forth? Have you even been listening this whole time? Yes. Thank yeah. you. Of course. So I like the idea of, of the course. community days, but obviously with the current state of the nation, it's not a real... It's the thing. world, but that's fine. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> um, those usually work well. Get people to come in, see your apparatus, meet your employees. Maybe they want to try it out. Hand out applications. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, this day and age, volunteerism is is dead. It's not dying; it's dead, and it has been dead for quite some time. Um, that's why you see a lot of departments transitioning to the per diem model. Um, that's just my two cents, but. So I think we've noticed it that uh, we have a problem with people trying to jump in too quickly. Uh, I've seen it on a number of departments now too, where, and I think it stems from the lack of volunteerism, that you have somebody that comes in and they recognize that the majority, if not all of your fire department is is, uh, per diem or full time, what have you, that they can't, they get the feeling that they can't just show up on a call and do traffic control and roll hose. Like that's, that's how most of us learned was to just kind of to show up and start showing up. Right. So I think a lot of people feel the need as soon as they start to start taking classes to get that fire one and two. And like, they feel like if they can't drive a truck or go into a burning building, they have nothing to offer they get frustrated very quickly and then they don't stick around. It's, it's overwhelming. It's it overwhelming for anybody it's, coming it's a, in that, so that doesn't a, really have... It's a hard pitch. Like you, you, have to, you have to introduce them to that at the same time you're introducing them to the fire department. That, hey, man, if you can show up and uh, hang out at the station when there's a call and when they come back, learn about the trucks learn about the gear you know if there's a big call when that truck comes back part of what we do is putting the truck back in service you're going to learn a lot about the people learn a lot about the trucks learn a lot about the community just by being there when that truck comes back cleaning things up putting the hose back getting everything back in service well that's the thing that that we need to to get out there is that being on a a fire department rescue department you're you're not just going to burn buildings like 
there's IT stuff to be done. There's mechanic stuff to be done. Like this is a, I don't want to, I want to use the word business because we're not out here to make money, but it's business. The fact that every single thing you have in a regular business you have here, you have the personnel issues, you have the, the budgetary issues, you have all this operating stuff and people think they need to be shoehorned into going to a building building or going to gory, bloody stuff when there's so many other things to do behind the scenes. You don't even have to go to a fire call and you could help out your local EMS or fire department agency. It's just getting those people in here and realizing that there is other opportunities than Absolutely. that. Yeah. I mean, if I had somebody that came into my department and they were just IT and want to do computer stuff and sit in an office and like do our websites and everything and they're really good at it, that would be killer. Look me up. <laughs> or I mean, as uh, one of the most important things you can be is an engineer. Run the truck. If you can operate a pump, you're so valuable to us, it's insane. You know, like, it, even if you have full-time firefighters, if you have somebody that can respond to a call, that was one of the, the biggest things I heard for a long time is, I'm too old. Well, do you still drive? Yeah, I still drive. Okay, you can figure out how to pull some levers. Like, I have, I have faith in you. Well, that's the <laughs> like, thing in the state of Maine. In Massachusetts, my father-in-law... Got pushed out as an assistant chief of a department because he was 65 years old. Well, they have age. The chapter go. They have age minimums. Yeah. In Maine, we don't have that. Yeah. But you have to meet certain standards. Like, I mean, but if you can do the job, you can do the job. Right. No matter how old you are, if you can't do the job, then that's the time that you you yeah. step away. Which, luckily, in our state, we can do that. Right. But I think, like I said, some of these people are, are they hear about these other places like, oh, you know. When I'm 60 or 65, I can't do it anymore. Like, there's there's no age limit, and they think there is here. Right. Uh, so a uh, couple other things we had talked about at that convention were uh, some of the, the small tasks that we've recently, or I guess recently, depending on how you look at it, taken away due to liability. Uh, as simple as putting up fire alarms for people. Uh, I know a few times we've shoveled driveways for people and then kind of ramping up more towards filling swimming pools, filling ice rinks. Stuff, we do not do that here. I know. So, so that's <laughs> that's kind of what, not really what sparked it, but was like a point of contention for a lot of places was that, uh, no, we, we will not do that due to liability. And so the speaker we had said, all right, um, he was from a much larger department, and he said, the, the thousands of times I've done this, we haven't been sued once. And the point that I brought up was, okay, that's great for your large department, but if my single department gets sued one time, we're done. You know. Yeah. So it was a, a battle between liability and public relations, because his argument was that, that one interaction you have with your public can be kind of a, a, a burn bright or burn out moment where you can make someone really upset. And I, I've had people get like vocally upset that I won't fill their, their swimming pool. And they've come up with a, a, you know, can I sign a waiver? Can I pay you guys? Can I whatever? And I'm like, well, at this point, all you can really do is go to the town office, voice your opinion and see where that goes. But how easily that interaction could have turned into a positive one and said, yeah, you know what, we'll schedule it for this date. I'll have my guys do a, a pump training. We'll get out on the trucks. You know, yeah, that, that would be great. So there's that balancing act of interacting with the public and potentially putting a, a department at risk. Yeah, it's, I, it's, that's, a, that's a tough topic. I, I am, So I uh, guess I can toss a couple other scenarios out there. Um, flooded basements you know I was my mindset for a really long time was that's not an emergency why are you calling the fire department can we pump your basement we have the equipment too but until you get to anything electrical related th this is this is a personal issue and I hate to, to sound like a jerk but like you're wasting our time at 2 o'clock in the morning calling us for a flooded basement okay but we have the equipment to do so. We can, and especially with a flooded basement, is it really a liability? I wouldn't say it's a liability, it but it's a more of a safety issue. It's, a, it's yeah. more of a safety concern. I don't want you guys going out at two o'clock in the morning, 
pumping someone's basement out and it is hitting an outlet and now guess what right you know um there there are so many factors in all those decisions that um it i'm sorry i can't help you with every every issue that you have but that's just that's just the way of the world you know um especially when we're talking about short staffing and having too many right. calls to deal with yeah but that's the, that's the thing though is unless it's a criminal activity or somebody needs to come with a gun every single issue that somebody has they call us right but a lot of there's nobody else to call i mean oh. last week i went out to uh, i went out to a house they're having a problem with their smoke detector it's an elderly couple um got them set up they only had one smoke detector in the house well i carry smoke detectors and co detectors in my car guess what you hold on a couple minutes i'm gonna go hang another smoke detector in your house I ended up spending like 40 minutes there with them just having a conversation. And that one, that one interaction could be compounding when they talk to their neighbors or their friends. Or, you know, the chief came over and, and uh, set, up, set up a new smoke detector and, and you know, he, he hung out with us. Yeah. You know, it was just, we were just hanging out, talking. Because those are the things that people remember. No, when you call... An emergency department for a car accident that's our job you know right. nobody remembers oh man i called and you wouldn't believe it the ambulance showed up you know <laughs> like, yeah. but when you call and uh the one that i always remember is john and i went to uh, an elderly man who had fallen gotten his mail in the middle of like a blizzard and we cleared the end of their driveway and we we gave him a little path because the guy was bound determined he was going to do it again <laughs> well yeah. we gave him a path <laughs> and that's what they're going to remember is yeah. that not that we picked him up it was they went out of their way and cleared the end of the driveway and cleared a walking path and well back to your your flooding scenario i've done that in one of the towns that i work with we go and we make sure that it is safe and that it's not an electric components because yeah i understand we're worried about our crew but i'm also worried about that citizen that called us yeah. so we'll go and we'll we'll pump the basement we'll, we'll do whatever we got to do to get it safe and out of that zone and now the boys are gonna go Oh, it is nine o'clock. Yeah. No, no, they are going. No, you sit down. The boys got it. So, you go to the flooding thing. You make it safe for them, and then explain to them that okay, we're here just to make it safe for you. But after we're done making it safe, you need to call your local plumber to get this problem right. fixed, or whatever, I mean, and just give them the the resources. And I've had so much good positive feedback from that because they just need direction like they're in the middle of the situation they don't know what to do they just need somebody to, to pat them on the back and be like hey give this guy a call or or do this or do that no absolutely I, so like i said a lot I, of i knew when i said that that, that was not going to come out of my mouth the right way i wanted it to because i'm never going to be like Oh, it sucks to be you. We're just not responding. Right, but a lot of <laughs> no, but they they also got to know that just because we do respond doesn't mean we're going to take care of the whole problem. In right. some circumstances, we're just going to make it safe, and then it's back to you to take care of. And a lot of it has to do with what is the lawyers. Unfortunately, it comes down to what will the town attorneys allow us to do, and what they're willing to, you know, liability wise, filling somebody's pool. You know, if we break that pool by accident. Is the town liable? Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, if, or if somebody, somebody gets, gets sick because of the water. Right. <laughs> so, unfortunately, we used to do those stuff all the time, but then lawyers get involved. Mm -hmm. Right. So, because everybody's out to make a buck for doing right, nothing. Right. It was a pretty interesting topic. Uh, we'll just hit pause, pause for a second. Hang on. And pausing. All right. All right. So, we're back. Multiple calls. Half of our podcast table left. Uh, this just goes to demonstrate what we talked about early is calls are increasing and our staffing is limited. I mean, they're going to have to call mutual aid for this call, but I think we should wrap it up. Some key points to take away. We'll start with Eric. Key points to take away? Yeah. Just, I want some feedback. Right. Just keep talking. <laughs> I, I'm hoping that we can get some feedback on this podcast. We have a Facebook page. Looking for topics, looking for comments, just anything. Just I want to open up the dialogue with the general public or just 
Just talk to us, anybody. Right. Or yeah. come on the podcast. Yeah. Guests are yeah. always welcome. We, we like to have guests. Yep. Brian? Um, so, yeah, we're, we are doing the best we can with what we've got. Um, we, have to, we have to sometimes reinvent, uh, reassign, but we're going to get through it. We always do. Um, but if the public, you know, kind of like what Eric said, if the public has any questions, get in touch with us, right. you know. Right, and I, I guess I'm right, right along with you. Is we can't know what direction to, to push this in if we, um, if we don't have any feedback. And we hate to beat a dead horse. We did cover the COVID topic at the beginning of this, but it's kind of on everybody's mind, and people just need to talk about it, need to vent, and need to get those emotions out. Um, get vaccinated if you want to get vaccinated. Um, I support vaccinations, but I also support your choice to choose. And we will do, we'll keep on trucking. I mean, we will do what we do with whatever we have. And that's just how we roll. That's it. Yep. Thank you guys for listening. Be safe. Have a good day.